you don't need a substitute. You need rehab. Let's talk about it really quickly. Listen, lean in really close. Lean in really close. This is going to be a wake-up call for somebody today. You don't need a substitute. You need rehab. Listen, as we continue to battle the pandemic and all of the variants that comes with COVID-19, one of the things that um, many of us are trying to do are, is to improve our health and improve our immune response to any type of pathogen. And what most of us know at a very basic fundamental level that one of the best ways to improve your health is by changing your diet, right? Okay, so if we know one of the best ways to boost our immunity um, and to improve our health, to lose weight, to prevent and reverse chronic health challenges is to change our diet, um, we know that we have to battle or overcome any hindrances that may come with that may come with changing our diet. So listen very closely. I'm going to hit you with something today that I want you to consider heavily. All right. And that is. As you are trying to change your diet, as you are making the transition maybe to a whole food, more whole food plant-based diet, because you know it can be powerful to protect you against things like pathogens, right, or disease. As you begin to do that, you're going to realize that there's some work that's required because you have developed an addiction to some foods. Now, let me, let me stop here for a second, because I recently had a student of mine say, I didn't even realize you could be addicted to food. All right. So before I even go further and break down why you don't need a substitute and the fact that you need rehab is I want to describe and define for you what exactly an addiction is, because some people are not even aware that they are addicted. Some people are not even aware that they have a problem, that they have a biochemical addiction, dependency and affinity towards a substance. All right. So you don't need a substitution. You need rehab. But why do you why do people need rehabilitation? Typically because they're battling addiction. How do I know if I have addiction, Lisa? Let's talk about food. Most people, a lot of my students, when they come through farm to table and they're trying to adopt a more whole food plant based diet, one of the most common questions and requ requests that I get on the transition to a plant based diet is what can I substitute for me? What do you eat instead of meat? What do you eat instead of cheese, Lisa? What's a good non-dairy substitute for cheese or butter, right? Um, Lisa, what, this is the big one, okay? This is a huge one, whether someone is plant-based or not. Lisa, what can I substitute for sugar? What's a better sweetener? What's a healthier sweetener, right? So everyone wants to know, like Lisa, give me the cheat code. You the expert, give me the cheat code. What can I substitute in place of sugar? What can I substitute in place of cheese, which is so difficult to give up? What do you eat instead of meat, Lisa? I had one student last semester says, man, since making this transition to a more plant-based diet, I feel like all I eat is sides, <laughs> right? She's like, I don't have a main course on my deal, on my plate. What should I be putting in place of the meat on my plate? So everyone wants to know, a substitute for the things that they love but what they don't realize is that typically we seek out substitutes not just for what we love or what we think we enjoy but what we are addicted to all right so most of us um, have issues with biochemical addictions to these highly palatable foods right so highly palatable foods are foods that are full of three main things salt oil and sugar right so Meat, that's the fat, 
the fat in the meat we're attracted to, the taste, the 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 way it's prepared, the way it's fried, right? Um, the things that we put on it, the creams, the sauces, the things we smother it in, the cheese, the butter. We are addicted to the fat. We are addicted to the sugar. We are addicted to the salt, the things that it's cooked in, how it's prepared, how it's preserved. And so what most of us need to come to terms with before we even begin to make the attempt to make the transition to a more whole food plant-based diet or just a healthy lifestyle in general, the one thing that most of us need to come to terms with is that we're battling an addiction. All right, so I'm gonna give you about four or five signs or things that may be indicators that you are addicted to this meat, to this dairy, to this sugar, to caffeine, to salt, right? Most people are tackling um, their attempt at being healthy they're tackling it from the wrong angle. They're trying to substitute their way into a healthy lifestyle. You can't substitute your way into a healthy lifestyle. It doesn't matter how much I teach, how hard I go. There's nothing I can tell you that's going to taste like chicken. All right. There's nothing I can give you that's going to replace that taste of bacon. There's nothing. And I don't care how sweet, <laughs> how sweet they get with this cauliflower. It ain't never going to taste like a chicken wing or a steak. All right. Uh, the plant based world will tell you, you no know, cauliflower wings, uh, cauliflower steak. We be doing some fancy stuff with black beans. But the truth of the matter is. All right. You can't substitute your way to whole holistic health, to optimal health. All right. So what in, in order for you to make the transition to a healthy lifestyle, you have to come to terms with I may have an addiction and I have to do the work to get over the addiction. I have an addiction and I have to do the work to get over an addiction because there's no substitute I can give y'all for cheese. Some people enjoy plant-based cheese and dairy-free cheese. Some people think they're the worst thing on the planet. It's so disgusting I could never eat it. Either way, the issue is not that you don't have a good substitute. Some people say, I can't go plant-based because I tried the vegan black bean burgers or I tried the dairy-free cheese. I tried the dairy-free ice cream, you know, I, I, I try, and it don't taste, it don't taste the same. It ain't supposed to taste the same. You can't substitute your way to a healthy lifestyle. And so the belief system here is that you can substitute your way to a whole food plant-based diet. You can substitute your way to a healthy weight. You can substitute your way, you know, to getting off of medications. You can't, right? But the reason you're trying so hard to substitute the meat, the dairy, the eggs, the cheese, the sugar, the reason you're trying so hard to substitute is because you don't realize you're battling an addiction. So let's get into it. Let me give you five, five indicators that you may have a food addiction. Now, these indicators apply to nearly all addictions, okay? Um, but right now I want to talk about food because so many people are looking for substitutes, all right? And we shouldn't be looking for substitutes. But the reason you're looking for substitutes is because you're trying to hold on to an addiction. But you might not know you're addicted, all right? All right, so signs that you may be addicted. One, the, one of the very first indicators that you are addicted to a substance in this case food is the loss of self-control all right the loss of self-control so if you are, are trying to like say give up sugar right and but you get triggered some kind of way maybe sugar is what you go to when you're feeling stress right super side fun fact uh the reason that sugary foods and sugary drinks 
um, are a perceived stress reliever to a lot of people is that um, sugar actually suppresses the secretion of cortisol in our body. Cortisol is our stress hormone. So when we eat sugary foods, it actually temporarily it temporarily suppresses uh, or inhibits the, the secretion of cortisol, the stress hormone. So that's why you feel relief at, when you eat sugar when you're feeling stress. All right. Fun fact. All right. Let's get out of the science and back to the to the personal development. Okay. So one of the signs of addiction is a loss of self control. So if you have an affinity towards sugar, when you get triggered, when you feel overwhelmed, when you feel stressed, when you feel sad, whatever, right? Now you're in the moment having that emotion and you feel like you have to have, right? Those words right there, at least I have to have something sweet. I have to have, you know, a dessert after every meal. I have to have something sweet before bed. I have to have this substance in order to feel better when I feel this emotion. That loss of self-control, because even your language is indicative of the loss of self-control. You don't have to have a cookie, but in your mind, like there is no other option, right? That loss of self-control is indicative of addiction all right what else may be indicative of addiction the feelings right and the thoughts that come up at the thought of giving it up is also a sign of addiction so I have students when they come into farm the table during detox week this is very very common during detox week what happens is um, as we're stripping stuff out of their diet right stripping stuff out of their diet they start asking questions <laughs> right they're like is such and such okay? What about agave? Can I at least have honey? Okay, what if I just do the decaf tea or coffee? Okay, what if I what if I do a caffeinated tea instead of the caffeinated coffee? Can I switch that out? When when you're asked or challenged to begin to give up the substance, right? Your response to it, right? Your attempt at negotiation is a sign that you have developed a biochemical addiction to a substance because you can't fathom the thought of giving it up, right? And so how you respond to the challenge of removing it from your diet should also be a, should also be an indicator to you that I may got an issue, right? So if I'm saying, listen, during this detox period, X is not available to you, right? Like no cheese, Lisa. What if I? What if I just do? Can I just do a little bit if I give up the rest of the dairy? It's that negotiation, right? It's that negotiation that is also a potential indicator that you have a dependency on a substance because the thought of giving it up gives you anxiety. It gives you pause, right? Okay, so that's two. So first, the loss of self control, the thought of giving it up or the attempt at negotiation, how you respond when you're challenged to remove it from your diet can also be a sign that you have developed a dependency on this substance. The third indicator that you may have developed a dependency on a substance is the emotions that come with eating it. Two in particular, guilt and shame. Okay, guilt and shame. So if you have guilt and shame, 
attached to this behavior, right? So let's say you're in my Farm to Table program. We're smack dab in the middle of detox week. It was very clear on your detox week instructions that you could not have caffeine, right? But you lost self-control and you was like, I have to have my cup of coffee this morning, right? Because it's the day got off to a crazy start. I'm not feeling my, like myself. I have to have, right? So you lost that self-control. But then when you drank it, all right. When you drank that cup of coffee, what did you feel? You felt guilt because you're in a program where this wasn't a, available to you in this season and you lost that self-control. So you felt guilt. And then right immediately following guilt, you felt shame. Right. And so because and so that shame typically um, then spills over into other behaviors. I'll give you an example. So when we have an addiction to a substance, right, um, and then and we've decided that this substance is may not be available to us, maybe not for the rest of our lives, but in this season, like, hey, I'm trying to lose 30 pounds right now. I can't drink this coffee full of this sugar and cream, right? So you lose self-control, you drink it, you immediately feel guilty, immediately following that, you feel shame. So what does that typically lead to? Well, in, I'll give you an example. In Farm to Table, our students are required to log everything they eat and drink, right? But typically, if they feel shame about consuming something that they felt guilty about consuming, they won't log it. Right. And they usually admit it later or during live class when I'm challenging them and calling them out. But they'll say, you know what? I had a candy bar this week or I had coffee this week or, you know, I gave in to those French fries or that fried chicken this week and I didn't log it because I felt shame. Right. Again, signs of addiction, the feelings of guilt and the feelings of shame around the behavior. OK. All right. So I hope somebody this is making sense for somebody may go run down this list and say, whoa, I do have an addiction to this meat. I do have an addiction to this dairy. I do have an addiction to this sugar. I do have an addiction to this caffeine. I do have an addiction to this salt. I do have an addiction to this oil, right? Okay. So I'm going to give you one more. I'm going to give you one more. Signs of addiction, loss of self-control, right? Um, the negotiation and feelings that come up at just the thought of giving it up, right? How you try and negotiate. Can I have this instead? What if I just go to a moderation and eat less of it? All of that negotiation, signs of addictions, feelings of guilt and shame, signs of a, a food addiction. The fourth one is secrecy. Secrecy. Is there secrecy surrounding what you're consuming? Right. Maybe you have, you know, announced to the world on your social media page that I'm going plant based for a week or two. I'm going to try it for 30 days. Y'all, you know, I'm going to get this thing a shot. Right. But, you know, in the middle smack dab in the middle of week two, you know, that piece of commercial come on or that advertisement come down your timeline and you just have to have. Right. You have to have. And um, you secretly eat this now. You know, you don't go in a closet and close the door and close the curtains, but you're doing it in secrecy. You want to make sure nobody sees you. You want to make sure, you know, nobody knows about it, right? You might throw that young baseball cap and sunglasses on to go pick it up because you done told the world you're doing third plant based for 30 days, but you have the guilt and the shame surrounding this behavior because you lost self-control, right? And so that secrecy surrounding the behavior, and we see this with, you know, um, 
you've maybe seen more secrecy with more stronger addictions like alcohol and drugs, right? You know, the, the, the common example of alcoholics hiding alcohol in different places around the house or whatever, or, you know, people typically do drugs in secret, especially drugs that are not socially acceptable, like marijuana, if they're snorting coke or, you know, doing heroin or something like that, that's something we do in secret or around, you know, people who we know is acceptable around, right? So the secrecy around it is also could be an indicator of addiction, right? Um, it's nothing you feel is socially acceptable and you feel if you do it publicly, there's shame, either because you've presented yourself as being something else or it's just not socially acceptable, right? So all signs of addiction. Now, why is this important? Why is it important to understand um, or help yourself first start off by defining whether or not you're even addicted to the meat, the salt, the oil, the sugar, um, you know, the caffeine, whatever the nicotine, whatever the addiction is, is because as you try and make the transition to go healthier, what you're going to do, and this is going to be your addiction talking, you're going to try and find substitutes for these things. Lisa, I heard about this plant-based thing. I got a couple friends who have tried it. Um, I've been following you for a while and it seems like it's powerful. Like you got me thinking plants every damn day is the solution to racism out here. Like you got me convinced, Lisa, like you about to solve all the world problems, which is plants every damn day. You convinced me. You got me, Lisa. I want to give it a shot, right? Like I want to give it a shot. I want to try this thing. But let me ask you something though. What you eat instead of meat? <laughs> like... I, I, I gotta have I have to have a cheese cheese on my burger. I can't I can't have tacos without cheese. Like you just put beans in a taco, not meat. So what you substitute for that? What do you substitute for that? Let me tell you something. You don't need substitution, you need rehab. You don't need substitution, you need rehab. Because now that we've defined, now that I've defined for you what that food addiction looks like, and you've checked, you know, three, four of those boxes that I just laid out for you, you are now clear that snap. I have a biochemical dependency on a, subs on a substance, right? I have developed a dependency on this sugar, on this salt, on this caffeine. Okay, so you, why do you need, why is that important to understand? Now we need to understand what happens in rehab because you searching for a substitution is your way of negotiating or trying to find a loophole in order to keep a hold on your addiction. So why do you need rehab instead of a substitution? Three things happen in rehab that you need, right? In order to get over your addiction to this food. Three things have, three main things happen in rehab. And I don't care what the rehab is for. Alcohol, drugs, food, porn. I don't know. There's three things happen in rehab, okay? All right. The first thing um, is detox, all right? So when you go to rehab um, to get a, off a, away from an addiction, right, as that substance is leaving your body, as that substance is leaving your body, if you have developed a biochemical dependency to, to the substance, when your body and your brain doesn't get the substance, it's going to start detoxing and withdrawing 
because your body is expecting this stuff. Your body is used to that caffeine every morning. Your body is used to that cheese, right? That queso morphine from that cheese. Your body is used to that sugar. That's your crack. That's your drug. And so what happens is when you go into rehab as opposed to searching for a substitute, you go into detox and withdrawals, all right? You actually need detox and withdrawals. You don't need a substitute. You have to do the work you're avoiding and go and go through the challenging phase of detox and withdrawal to get over this addiction. What you're looking for is a substitute. It doesn't do the hard work. So if I tell you, oh, you can just have maple syrup um, or, you know, raw agave instead of white sugar, you're like, boom, right? I can technically get healthy and keep my addiction. That's low level. That's low level, right? That's low level. You, if anytime something has a sh bigger hold on you than you have over it, that's also a sign of addiction. Add that to the list of the things I listed earlier. If it has a bigger hold over you than you have over it, right? That's indicative of a problem. So you don't want anything in the world to have that much power over you. The creation can never be bigger than the creator, all right? And so... If you have identified, yes, I have an addiction. I have an addiction to this thing. The only way to get over addiction is abstinence. Abstinence happens in rehab. Rehab, those the first two things that typically happen that is, you know, some of the most, the, the most challenging phase is detox and withdrawal. So what happens? What is detox and withdrawal? When we stop drinking the coffee or drinking the caffeine, maybe it's coming from pop, Soda, maybe it's coming from, you know, highly caffeinated teas, wherever you're getting your caffeine hit from, okay? When we stop drinking the caffeine, when we stop eating the sugar, when we stop eating the we usually get experience headaches. We usually experience mood swings. You might experience stomach issues. You're going to experience lethargy, meaning low energy, right? feeling tired, right? You, you're going to feel like I don't have my drug to give me that synthetic energy. And so I feel low, right? I feel like this low grade, low grade lethargy, right? You're going to have literally physical, a physical response to not getting your drug. You actually need to go through that. You don't need a substitute. You don't want to just insert another sweetener here. You want to actually do the work of going through detox and withdrawal. All right. The other thing that happens in rehab um, that you need instead of a substitute for your, your chicken or your cheese, right, or your beef or your bacon, the other thing that happens in rehab that's really important outside of detox and withdrawals is the actual rehabilitation. And this is the mental and personal development work. Two things happen in this stage. One, we, we talk about, we figure out, we assess how did we get here. And two, we search for and adopt the tools to help us so that we don't get back here again. All right. So if you have an addiction to something like sugar, salt, oil, meat, whatever, whatever is stopping you from a fully adopting a whole food plant-based diet or just stopping you from being healthy, whatever your dietary pre uh, preferences is, if you have something that has a hold on you, you can't, you go through the detox and withdrawals. So that way your body can detach from the biochemical dependency it has on the substance. But then you also have to do the work to assess, okay, 
How did I even get to this place of addiction in the first place? How did I even get to a place where I had this addiction in the first place? Well, let's reverse engineer this. Let's take sugar, for example. Let's see. Every time I had sugar, it was when I was triggered by stress. Okay, what was stressing me out? Okay, it was my relationship. Okay, why does my relationship stress me out? Oh, because of this thing happened. I never got over it and I'm still holding on anger, right? So now we need to get to the root of the reason for the addiction. That also happens in rehab. Think about it. Somebody goes to rehab because they've been popping pills, drinking alcohol, you know, you know, pushing heroin, whatever. Not only are they going to go through the detox and the withdrawals from the heroin, they're also going to be in therapy or group or whatever they call it in rehab where they're going to talk about, well, my addiction started, you know, when my mom and dad got divorced and that was a real trigger for me. And I, ever since then, I haven't been able to have healthy relationships with, you know, you know, health, healthy romantic relationships as an adult. And, you know, I can't, I feel like I can't cope with my emotions, but my trigger was when mom and dad got divorced. Okay. So let's go back there and address that trauma and get to the root of the problem. You got to do the same thing with food addiction, y'all. Same thing. Stop coming into my program. Stop going to other coaches. Stop leaving comments on health coaches um, pages or sending emails talking about what can I substitute for X. You don't need substitutes. You need a rehab. You need to get to the root of your addiction. If you feel like you need a substitute to give something up, it's because you have developed a, a dependency on it and you can't fathom the thought of living without it, which means it has a bigger hold on you than you have over it. You don't need a substitute. You need rehab. All right. So same thing. So what else happens in rehab? We got detox. We got withdrawals. We got assessing how we got here in the first place. How do we develop a dependency on this thing? And then that fourth thing that happens in rehab is what tools, what tools can I use to not get back here? What tools can I use to not get back to a place where I relied on this substance for joy, happiness, relief, whatever? to make me feel better. So now what tool? So now I know how I got here. I, I reverse engineered the addiction and realized what my triggers were. Now, how, how, what tools can I use to not get back here at least, right? So when I'm feeling stressed from my relationship or my job or whatever, what tools do I have in my arsenal as opposed to cookies, right? As opposed to candy, as opposed to soda, as opposed to wings and fries. What tools do I have in my arsenal to deal with my emotions as an emotional, intelligent individual, as opposed to you just telling me a sugar substitute? It's a higher level of development, development and evolution and vibrational, vibrational frequency that's required in order to truly um, achieve optimal health, guys. That substitution, that's like, fun, that's like elementary. Okay, that's basic level. If you're trying to substitute your way to optimal health, you're doing it wrong. You can't substitute your way to optimal health. You need rehab. You got to get over the biochemical addiction. You have to get over the mental, the mental attachment to this food or this substance. And then once you do that, then you can live free of these things right? You can live free of these things. So stop asking us for a substitute. There's nothing on this planet that I can suggest to you to eat on a plant-based diet that's going to taste like a damn pork chop. There's nothing on this planet I can su suggest to you or offer you on a plant-based diet, right? That's going to take like that's going to taste like your grandma's mac and cheese and your auntie's pound cake. Ain't no substitute. 
for that rich, you know, highly palatable butter, sugar, salt, oil. It ain't one. It, I don't have a substitute, but I got rehab. Oh, I got rehab. Oh, I got rehab. Okay, come on over to Farm to Table. We're going to rehab you real good. We're going to detach you. We're going to detox you. We're going to nourish you. And we're going to go through the personal development work or helping you understand how you got to where you are. But a substitute, I don't have. Don't. I, I've been plant-based for about seven years. I ain't taste nothing yet that tastes like that cheesy goodness that used to be on my Pizza Hut pizza, you know, that used to be on my Papa John's pizza. Ain't no substitute for it, y'all. But just I want your 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 you the fact that you seek a substitute i want that to be a trigger to you every time you fixing your mouth or your fingers to ask somebody for a substitute i want that to be a trigger for you like why do i need to substitute this why can't i just give it up like why why do i just need to give it up why do why do i need to substitute this you feel like you need to substitute it because the thought of giving it up right literally gives you anxiety the thought of living without a substance that's literally wreaking havoc in your body and your brain listen to this the damage that meat and sugar and oil and salt does to your body and your brain is not enough for you you still need a bigger reason to give it up how dysfunctional was that thought process how does how dysfunctional is that thought process i'm telling you as the expert Listen, you keep eating this, it's increasing your chances of heart disease, it's increasing your chances of diabetes, it's increasing your chances of all-cause mortality, it's increasing your chances of premature death. Yet, yo, you don't walk away and be like, oh, say less, Lisa, I ain't never putting that in my body again. What you say instead is, well, what can I substitute for? What? Like, what I just told you wasn't enough? I just told you. That literally every time you eat this, it, it, and, and as you eat it day after day, year after year, it's potentially shaving years off your life. It's potentially setting you up for chronic disease. And that should be the end of the conversation. But do you know why my business exists? My business exists is because that's not the end of the conversation. When I tell you the damage that these things are doing when you put them in your body, the fact that you can't, the fact that that's not reasoning enough, the fact that that's not reasoning enough to walk away is why my, bees, my business exists. It's literally why the Black Health Academy exists. It's literally why Farm the Table exists. It's literally why my certification of Other 23 exists. Because the fact, the fact that you literally shorten your life expectancy every time you eat that fried chicken wing, that bacon, that cheeseburger, the fact that that's not cause enough to get you to walk away, right? Is why I exist. It's why health coaches like me exist. Why? Because the addiction is so strong. Addiction is engineered into the food. And so instead of you saying, oh, I didn't know me eating this was causing my type 2 diabetes. Let me stop eating this. You say, what can I eat instead? Or even worse, you say, doc, what pill can I take? What insulin do I need to inject myself with so I can keep eating it? Make it make sense. <laughs> make it make sense. You like, doc, what can you give? Okay, my doc prescribed me these pills to keep my blood pressure down. My, my doc prescribed me this insulin to keep my blood sugar at bay. My doc prescribed me these pills to keep my cholesterol down so that I can keep eating my turkey, my fish, my cholesterol, so I can keep eating it. Because the fact that my doctor told me me eating this was the reason I had this disease was not enough for me to give it up. The, honey, you don't need a substitute. You need rehab. That's it. You don't need a substitute. You need rehab. If the fact that it's killing you slowly is not a reason enough to stop, 
you don't need a substitute. You need rehab. All right. So I hope I made it make sense for y'all today. Stop asking us for substitutes and do the work that you're avoiding. You're avoiding doing the hard work of going through detox and withdrawals and rehabilitation. Once you do the hard work of going through detox, withdrawals and rehabilitation, then we can get somewhere. Right. Then a substitute is no longer required. Let me tell you, when I gave up sugar, Many years ago, I became vegan, but when I became vegan, I was still eating sugar, y'all. But now that I've given up refined sugar, I'm not looking for a substitute to sugar. I did detox. I did withdrawals. I went through rehab. Lisa, why do you think you have to have this sweetness? Why do you think you have to have this processed crap that's killing you, that's you know eliminating your memory and your ability to recall? Once I did all the detox, all the withdrawals, and all the rehabilitation to get over my sugar addiction, now... People ask me, Lisa, you don't eat sugar, so what do you eat instead? Kale, I don't know. I don't need a substitute. I'm over my addiction. So if you're seeking an, a substitute, you're not over your addiction. All right? So that you don't need a substitute. You need rehab. Listen, y'all... <laughs> Somebody said, you're not playing this morning. I'm not playing this morning. I hope they're they going to come get this help. Listen, if one more variant come out, I'm going to slap somebody. We need to stop dying from stuff that is so preventable. Did y'all know, though, so there's some, um, there's some new preliminary science out with regard to COVID-19 um, about how it attacks fat cells, why people who are overweight or obese are more likely to have a more severe response to COVID or more likely to die from COVID. And that's because what the preliminary science is saying, this has not been peer reviewed yet and this has not been confirmed, but what the preliminary science is showing is that the reason you are more susceptible to having severe COVID or dying from COVID if you're overweight is because the fat cells in your body serve as a reservoir for COVID, which pretty much triggers an inflammatory response in the body that suppresses the immune system. Black people are 75% of us are overweight or obese. I didn't, I'm not, there's no way I will ever sugarcoat this information. I will be doing you a disservice by giving you a substitute for your sugar addiction. Don't ask me for it. Ask the next health coach. I ain't got one. Lisa, what can I eat instead of cheese or butter? Kale. Ain't no substitute, right? And we got to do everything in our power. We have to do everything in our power to achieve optimal health. Stop making the goal be a little bit better, to feel just slightly better. That's some selfish mess that you just want to feel a little bit better than you did the day before. What happened to eradication? Right. What happened to not having the condition in the first place? Why is the bar set so low? I just want to lose a few pounds. I just want to feel a little better. Why is the bar set so low, y'all? Why? What happens to I, I want to wake up and not have diabetes. I want to wake up and be at a healthy weight. OK, obesity is a disease. We need to stop treating it like it's a preference, like you want to be fat. No, obesity is a disease. That's not a preference. It increases your chances of COVID and everything else. So we have to quit playing with this thing. Too many of us are dying unnecessarily, prematurely from things that are preventable. But it's typically our addictions that are getting us there. So if you have an addiction to the meat, the dairy, the salt, the oil, the sugar, the caffeine, whatever the substance is and your drug of choice is dietarily, you don't need a substitution. 
you need rehab. That's all I got for y'all tomorrow. Let me get back. Let me get out in these streets. The sun out today in the D. So let me get up out in these streets, y'all. I hope it makes sense. Listen, do me a favor and share this with somebody who needs to hear it. Share this with somebody who you know has a dependency on something or maybe their reason for not going fully plant-based, going fully vegan is because they like, girl, I can't give up my fish. I can't, I can't. What like what I'm supposed to eat instead of salmon? What I'm supposed to eat, you know, in place of my bacon in the morning? What I'm supposed to eat in place of my sausage? Share this with somebody. Help your neighbor out today, y'all. Help your neighbor out. And if you know you or they are ready to go to that next step, please click the link in my bio, right? And come get this help. LisaAngelSmith.com forward slash work with me. Let's do damage in 2022. Let's do damage. Let's stop settling. Let's stop settling for mediocrity in our health. Let's stop settling for that. Let's do damage. Let's take back our power, right? Um, let's collaborate together and work on overcoming these addiction, addictions, work on um, producing the most optimal and best version of ourselves so that we can leave the world a better place than we found it. That's the only reason we need to be healthy, y'all, is to be obedient, right? Health is synonymous with obedience, baby. So if you are unhealthy, you are by definition being disobedient and we are only on this planet to serve. So if you are unhealthy, it's impossible that you're serving at the highest level possible. And if you're not serving at the highest level possible, you're disobedient. And that's what we will not stand for. All right. So listen, LisaAngelSmith.com forward slash work with me. Enrollment for winter 2022 for my farm to table program is now open live for about the next six weeks. All right. Enrollment is also open for my plant-based certification to other 23. So if you are a coach, if you are a doctor, if you are a nurse, or if you are a fitness instructor who needs to master this nutrition science that I'm teaching in order to help your clients go to the next level, then you need to be in my certification. It's a year long program and we go hard, but I make sure my coaches are absolutely prepared to serve at the highest level. So listen, lisaangelsmith.com forward slash work with me. That's where you can read about both programs, Farm the Table or the other 23, um, and choose which track is right for you. Share this with your neighbor. Share with somebody who needs to come get this help. And I'll see y'all in the next video. Peace out, y'all.